Exploring the possibilities of simplified vehicle operations and what this emerging technology could mean for our industry. From the National Business Aviation Association, this is Flight Plan. This week's podcast is brought to you by Whiting Aviation Park. Ready to grow your business in Santa Rosa County, Florida. I'm Rob Finfrock with your trusted source for business aviation news. Despite the ongoing challenges posed by COVID-19 on our industry and our world, this really is an exciting time to be involved in business aviation, with a number of near-future technologies on the horizon that really offer the potential to significantly affect our industry for the better. One of those is the area of Simplified Vehicle Operations, or SVO. Robotic Sky CEO Brad Hayden, chairman of NBAA's Emerging Technologies Committee, recently moderated an NBAA NewsHour webinar about this exciting, if somewhat controversial, area, and I'm pleased to welcome him now to Flight Plan. Brad, let's begin with a simple question. What is SVO? Yeah, great question. I mean, it's really about automating systems or or uh, increasing the capability of systems that serve in turn to increase levels of safety. And that's not just for unmanned aircraft. We like to think into the future of uh, uh, urban air mobility and how we're going to have autonomous EV tall taxis flying everywhere. This really is about those systems and will be a key enabler, but it's also about the legacy fleet and uh, you know what aircraft are already out there flying today and how they can be made made safer for our skies. So SVO is, in my mind, really enhancing uh, technology to be able to, again, increase safety and and also operability of of aircraft. Also joining us is Lowell Foster, Director of Global Innovation and Engineering at the General Aviation Manufacturers Association, or GAMA. Lowell, there are a lot more aspects to SVO than simply flying the aircraft, right? Oh, there sure are. Uh, Ultimately, you know, if you're on a path towards automation, you have to look at everything that a pilot does, uh, navigation, communications, surveillance, it's substantial. And it'll be a challenge, you know, to decompose what a pilot does and to, to try to work all of those features, get them certified and uh, put them back into a flight environment. Among the companies working to develop SVO technologies is Skyrise, using a Robinson R-44 helicopter testbed. Ben Klein is that company's general counsel and head of government affairs. Ben, can you tell us a bit about why Skyrise chose that platform and what areas are you exploring with it? We're experimenting with different user interfaces. You'll see in one of our videos, we have a tablet. And, you know, with that interface, the capability is is pretty much you can take somebody with no experience flying any aircraft and, you know, have them get into an R-44, which, uh, if you've ever tried to fly, is, speaking as a fixed-wing pilot, quite difficult. Somebody compared it to balancing a marble on an upside-down bowl, and I, I think that's a, a pretty good description of it. With this system, you can take somebody with no experience and they can fly the aircraft through through all flight regimes. Um, and that's because they're they're basically directing flight path, speed, um, direction, but um, the the user is not responsible for 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 attitude control for keeping the aircraft stable and upright. That's ninety five percent of the game in a helicopter. So uh, you really you relieve a lot of the, the the pilot's workload and allow them to focus on other really important tasks, such as when flying in the LA basin, paying attention to traffic and, uh, and weather that's rolling in and, and all the other things that are happening. 
Besides the different and more challenging flight characteristics of a helicopter compared to fixed-wing aircraft, I also find it really interesting how this technology is being applied to an existing airframe that utilizes mechanical flight controls. And that brings us to our fourth guest today. Dustin Kilgore is the Aviation Systems Team Leader at Garmin, a company that knows a thing or two about bridging the latest technology to existing aircraft platforms. Dustin, how challenging is it to integrate SVO capabilities on aircraft that may have been designed decades ago? Yeah, that's a that's a great question. I think it ultimately comes down to which system you're talking about. So there's a lot of things that fall under the SVO umbrella. There are things that are going to be easier to do with a fly-by-wire system as a baseline. But you know, looking back in Garmin's history, I think one of the things, while it's not directly SVO that kind of helps answer your question, is our electronic stability and protection system, which is part of the, the GFC 700 autopilot. So if you take a look at that system and what it does, it uses traditional autopilot system with mechanical linkages, and it adds a, a, an attribute of envelope protection. So it, it doesn't necessarily work as a stall barrier, but it, it gives that pilot a nudge to go back into the, the normal flight envelope. And so there are things that you can do, uh, especially as you trip out the reliability of systems uh, to take those concepts and apply them to both traditional aircraft and and maybe fly-by-wire aircraft. And I think you'll also see with that that it not only helps with fixed-wing aircraft, but also rotorcraft and you know any other kind of aircraft design you could imagine. We'll continue our conversation about simplified vehicle operations in just a moment. But first, a word from our sponsor, Whiting Aviation Park in Santa Rosa County, Florida. Ready to grow your business? Whiting Aviation Park can help you take off. Here, you can develop up to 200 acres for manufacturing, maintenance, repair, or overhaul operations adjacent to NAS Whiting Field with access to its 6,000-foot runway. You'll be able to reach high and go far from Santa Rosa County, Florida, home to a large, skilled, military-trained workforce. If you're serious about growing your business, learn more about the incentives waiting for you at whitingaviationpark.com. We're back now with our discussion about SVO, Simplified Vehicle Operations, and this technology's enormous potential in business aviation. We left off with Garmin's Dustin Kilgore. Now, Dustin, last year your company introduced Autoland, a fully automated emergency landing system for general aviation aircraft. Now, you're quick to point out that that isn't an SVO system. It doesn't augment the pilot's capabilities, but actually takes over for them in the event they're incapacitated. But something that really struck me is how that system demonstrates how many of the technologies needed for SVO, um, not just automated flight control, but also automated navigation and communication and simplified flight displays, they're already here now. So with many of the building blocks in place, what hurdles remain to seeing SVO implemented? I think you're, you're right that a lot of the technology, not all of it by any means, but a lot of the technology is already there. And if we look specifically at Garmin Autoland, um, there are a lot of building blocks that, that are part of that system. While, you know, that's not the in, intent of Autoland to be uh, an SBO system, it could be leverage for that. So think about the automated communication and how we've taken, you know, what is traditionally very specific voice communication that only a pilot is familiar with, and we, we've digitized that in a way that now we can communicate with a traditional air traffic control system. 
There's other aspects like the simplified user interface that was designed for non-pilots. So we kind of took a step back from looking at what pilots need to see and and all of the the information that's available to them and simplified that and focused it on who was actually using those those displays. So I think a lot of the technology uh, building blocks are there. Uh, There's some new areas that are emerging that are going to require some changes in the certification landscape or maybe some of the, the standards that go with them. But I really see the the challenge or the hurdle to go through uh, at this point is increasing the reliability of that automation. So if you, you know, if you have automation or something, some aircraft system that, that can fail and it can fail at a rate where you need to have a backup and your backup is the pilot, well, that is not simplified vehicle operations. We need to increase that, that reliability to the point that if there is a backup, that backup doesn't depend on traditional uh, pilot skills like we see today. Ben, from your background with Skyrise, a company also working to develop these technologies, how can we increase the reliability of these systems so that we don't rely on the pilot as a fallback? I agree with Dustin that I think from, in terms of what the technology challenges are, I think from an aircraft control perspective, the challenges are not so much technological and that I think the technology is there to have a system that is purely from an aircraft control perspective, reliable enough that a pilot would never be asked or an operator would never ask to be step in and, and be the pilot that he was never trained or he or she was never trained to be. So I, I, I think from, from that perspective alone, the challenges more are on the certification front, proving the reliability, which of course needs to be done. Um, and that's, that's a challenge in itself. When you're talking about retrofitting portions of the fleet, there's there's cost challenges given some of the changes that would need to be made. I think that once we get beyond simply the talking about the aircraft control, there are technological challenges to to really be able to deploy SVO in a meaningful way. And again, Dustin touched on some of these, but with regard to communications. Don't know if it's a challenge really, but there's a it's a big package challenge, with, which is technological, regulatory, in order to transition or, or, or develop a system that is not entirely based on or majority based on voice communications. There's, I think, some technological challenge in, in the sensing perception world, which would be a piece of sort of more advanced SVO operations. But again, just to reiterate, from a from an aircraft control perspective, um, from being able to create an aircraft that is as or more reliable than a traditionally trained pilot would be in keeping the aircraft upright and flying safely, I don't see that as a, as a technological challenge. Lowell, in addition to implementing suitably robust and reliable technological systems, I'd imagine we could also be looking at some regulatory hurdles as well. Now, from your perspective at Gamma, what insights into a possible regulatory path for SVO might we be able to derive from how the FAA and other global regulatory agencies have approached other emerging technologies like unmanned aircraft systems and urban air mobility? So I do think we have some insights. We've watched the authorities uh, they will tend to bias towards R25 and the most stringent approach to any new technology. So I wanted to preface with that because you've got to give both EOS and FAA and other authorities credit. I think where we're seeing our hints of how they're going to react to UAM technologies in UAS, right? They have done a lot of creative thinking 
in terms of uh, unmanned aircraft. And while it has taken a while to get to this point, because this stuff was obvious at the turn of the century, you're finally seeing the authorities, I think, have a very progressive approach towards this technology. I said, I used the term beta test. I think what's going on in UAS is extremely important because the uh, sensors that are sensors, servos, uh, software, all of the components that are going to be critical for UAM to be reliable and safe are being flown in the UAS world today. And, you know, we're learning. We're learning what works. We're learning what doesn't work. Uh, I think the most difficult part for automation are the unknown unknowns. And the UAS world can really help us with that. And I think the FAA understands that now, and they're, they're looking at it closely as is the awesome. Lowell, you mentioned during the webinar that one possible route for certification of an SVO pilot would be a limited pilot rating, similar to dual control restrictions on pilots flying vintage air coupes that lack rudder pedals, or in the business aviation community, multi-engine rated pilots limited to operating centerline thrust aircraft. I do. Uh, I definitely do. I think in the near term, though, since we still have core things we have to learn, right, um, communications, airspace regulations, things that are standard no matter what pilot rating you have, what you'll see is an SVO type sign-off where you just you learn the additional requirements that a manufacturer might levy on their vehicle, and it's, it's basically a logbook entry, maybe like tailwheel. I, I definitely see that as a possibility. What will be interesting is to see if this research leads us to an actual SVO uh, one or an SVO two pilot license where you could start from scratch and it would be a very limited license that would only allow you to fly those aircraft. But I definitely see that as a possibility. And Brad, you know as well as I do how many pilots bristle whenever we hear about something intended to make our jobs easier and how resistant we can be to any newfangled device that can be seen as lessening our control over the flight deck. Is that a potential hurdle for SVO as well? Well, you know, we're always, we're always resistant to change and never more so than in an industry like aviation because... We are so safety-based, and, and that really is a result of, of the fact that we repeat the same actions over and over again, and that's how we become proficient. I would look at this, though, as being certainly, uh, like I said earlier, a matter of safety and capability that we're going to see baked into these, into these systems that is really going to enhance the pilot experience, not detract from it. It takes great skill to be able to fly an aircraft, and particularly like Ben was talking to earlier, flying a helicopter. Because you're using these systems that make it easier to perform those functions will allow you to perform other other pieces of the mission profile that you might be engaged in. For example, if you're doing surveillance or you're doing some type of aerial imagery, uh, you'll be able to more concentrate on those types of activities. So it will, in effect, make our pilots more productive as they look at the other uh, aspects of the mission that they'll be flying. So 
I know that there's going to be resistance. There always is, again, resistance to new technologies coming coming in. Uh, just look at the cockpit we've got today. The GA cockpit looks nothing like it did 20 years ago. And the big concern at that point that we were going to overwhelm pilots with all of the information that was going to be coming in. Now, the pilot community wants more and more information, and they're even bringing in personal devices like iPads into the cockpit to bring additional information. So I think that the pilot population is going to respond very positively, particularly when they can start to realize the benefits and, again, how it can make them more efficient and safer in the cockpit. Lowell? I would agree with what Brad said. I think that if you can use automation to reduce the workload, it increases the enjoyment of flying and its adoption will happen faster. The other thing that I look forward to that I think you'll see with the technology is that the capability will be there and you're going to gradually have a lot easier interface so there'll be less to learn. Today, there's still a lot to learn with the technology. As pilots, we love it in the cockpit, but as it becomes easier to use and more seamless, I think it will help with the enjoyment of flying and it'll lower the stress level. To learn more about this emerging field, I encourage you to check out the NBAA NewsHour webinar, Simplified Vehicle Operations, the Flight Deck of the Future. The presentation is available now at nbaa.org forward slash NewsHour, and it's an hour well spent. And that's the latest from the National Business Aviation Association. Thanks again to our sponsor, Whiting Aviation Park. And remember, you can subscribe to all Flight Plan episodes at Apple Podcasts in the App Store, wherever you find your favorite podcasts, including by asking Alexa or another connected device, or download them from nbaa.org. I'm Rob Finfrock. Fly safe and join us next week for a new episode of Flight Plan. Flight Plan.